Hey, and welcome to the season premiere of season two of the Three Old Geeks podcast. I am joined once again by the usual cast of characters. First of all, the numbers guy, the keeper of the inner sanctum, the evil genius Keith of Keith's Comics. Keith, how are you? Cold, but other than that, good. It is, what, 20 below out yeah, right something now? Something like that. It's, it's, nice. it's nice and crisp. Yeah. And then it, we also have the man who's always wrong, the dirty old geek, the pictures guy, the man with the hole in his collection. Brian needs one. Brian, how are you? Motherfuckers thought they were gonna, you were going to replace me. That's what they thought. That's what the listeners Dude, the were f- betting on, was that I would be replaced, but I'm still here. I'm still standing better than I ever did. Tune in next week. Brian. <laughs> I was just going to say, we're working on it, Brian. And I, of course, am the oldest kid sidekick. I am the words guy. My name is Lance, and I'll be your Huckleberry. And welcome to another issue. All right, so before we do the news, I got to ask you, fellas. This is season two. So do we... Wouldn't it be volume two. Could be volume two it's or volume whatever. Two. So are we gonna pull a uh, a Marvel and DC and start renumbering these things, or do we just keep going and make it a, a long running thing like Detective or Action Comics or well, something? The question like that? is, do we pull a Marvel where we just renumbered, or pull a DC where we restart it and change the whole format? Well, I think <laughs> <laughs> <And> just go <laughs> three old geeks to rebirth. I could get two new old geeks. And then do it. No, okay. Brian, do the news. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, it was kind of a uh, fun way to get into some um, to some sad stuff this week. Uh, of course, we had the, um, the death of Christopher Plummer, who, uh, uh, what hasn't he been in? Mm. Yeah. The second death we had, sadly... Uh, and again, this is a... Uh, is it opposed to Christopher Plummer? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, you know what? It gets overshadowed, and I don't think that it should. But uh, Julie Strain passed away. Did she? Really? Yeah. Age 58 uh, oh of dementia. God. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Ex-wife of Kevin Eastman. Uh, Eastman and Laird. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fame. They had one son, Shane. Wow. She had a, She fell off a horse when she was 20 and had a head injury. And uh, and so they think that that contributed to oh, it. Man. But uh, yeah, that uh, she's absolutely gorgeous. Great scream queen, yeah. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't want to diminish Christopher Plummer at all, but I certainly don't. That's one of those that yeah. gets pushed out of oh. the spotlight. She Plum- actually died um, January second. Yeah. All right. So do we have any uh, happy news to counter the sad news? No. No. Nothing. No. There was no um, no, no joy? comic book news. No real. Movie news. Uh, today we get the uh, the Super Bowl, so we're going to get a lot of trailers. Uh, we're going to get some exciting stuff today, but unfortunately we didn't get it in time to counter. Uh, so we're just going to have our moment of silence for uh, Julie and Christopher, and then, uh, and then move on to fun shit. All right, so for this edition of the Three Old Geeks Top 3 List... With 15 minutes on the clock since we've been doing Avengers JLA and the all-new version of the Three Old Geeks, the animated series podcast. Gentlemen, who are your top three lamest members of the Justice League with 15 minutes on the timer? And go. Okay, so my number three is going to be controversial, I know. I'm going with two. 
One's Justice League. One's Justice League Elite, but I'm putting them in there. I don't give a shit. And that is Vixen and Manitou Raven. Okay, Vixen. Wow. I did not like her when she first when that first happened. I did not. I just didn't like Manitou. What? What? Manitou Raven. Manitou Raven. I yeah. don't even know what it is. He Justice was League Elite. Okay, he right. was uh, the answer to Apache Chief, as I seem to recall. And uh, Shaman from uh, Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight. Uh, but I didn't love, outside of uh, Mankey Druid, which was fucking brilliant. <laughs> you know what, Vixen, the way she, her look originally, like that, that goofy yes. kind of Wolverine dreadlock hairstyle was goofy as hell. Yeah. I, 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 I actually like, like the character. I actually like the character. I, you know what, I like the character now. I really do. Justice League Unlimited yeah, has she's a lot to do with that. Justice yeah. League Unlimited. But, but yeah, Man, and Manchu Raven was just kind of like one of those like he didn't do much. Yeah, and I didn't really know what his powers. He were. He was kind of a and, um, a, what do they call it? Da, Dos Ex Machina. Was, yeah, like Machina. Do we, Dos yeah, Ex Machina. Like if we need, yeah, we, yeah. Oh, he's a magic guy, and so if we need, a, we need this. He, we could have him do yeah. this or whatever. Yeah. Right. So Doctor Fate was busy somewhere else, right? I'm gonna stay controversial on this one. Bitch. Wow. Um, okay. Was Robin part of Justice League ever? No. Oh, no. Fuck. Justice League. The old Robin was part of the Justice League. My, my list is gone then. <laughs> you were just going to do various incarnations of, of Robin, were you? No. Yeah. Why would I not? Uh, and Superman doesn't count either, right? No. <laughs> you can oh. Wow. All right. Uh, I'm going to go. This one's kind of on the nose. Uh, Got to go with, uh, with Vibe. A little lower on my list. <laughs> uh, and the Flash series did nothing to help that. I actually kind of liked him in the Flash series. He's kind of like the pet geek, and I like the actor. No, but uh, I'm sorry. Just like I, we've talked about it before, he's like a a middle aged white guy's idea of a Puerto Rican yes. break dancer from the '80s. His powers weren't very I, I cool. I just figured someone saw Electric Boogaloo. That's it. Anything. I'm sorry if they would have patterned him after after anybody from Electric Boogaloo, he would have been much better because <laughs> that movie rules. Uh, but uh, yeah, no vibe is just uh, he's <laughs> just uh, he's rules. he's number three and he's he's one of the worst. So Keith, who do you got? <laughs> I I really got to get a better podcast. <laughs> yeah, movie, so do I. That movie rules. <laughs> Working at the carnival. <laughs> Uh, my number three uh, would be uh, Gypsy. So we've got three members of the Detroit. So, yeah, based. I was just gonna say JLA Detroit. Yeah, I, uh, I like Gypsy. I like Gypsy. Why? Why? Uh, I liked her costume design. I actually liked it. I don't remember her powers. She could turn invisible. And she, she did illusions. Hot. She did illusions. That's she all. was hot. She was. She was like. She was like. Wow. So hot in a cool costume makes her Not better lame. than vibe. Not- uh, that okay, I'll spot you that. <laughs> well, Vibe was on my list, so but but obviously someone else has a bigger hate on Survived than me, or went before me. So yes, Gypsy would be. Oh, I liked Gypsy. I, I liked the character, and I thought she was underused. Okay. Yeah, All right, so Brian, who's your number two? Number two again. I'm going to go controversial. Booster Gold. Just fucking what? hated him. Except for Grace Randolph's going to kick your ass. Why? She's a fan of Booster. She even appeared on a, a cover of a comic with the Booster Gold shirt on. God love Grace. I liked him in Justice League International. Okay. There he was written very well. He had Blue Beetle to yeah. cut him. 
Uh, Hope it and Crosby, was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it but, was fun. I like him, but on, on like, his own, yeah, he's he's not great. I like the Justice League Unlimited. I liked his whole his whole reasoning. Yeah, I'm gonna go back in the past and become a hero. <laughs> Cash in. Cash in. Yeah, and I just who wouldn't do me. that? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like outside of the the wahahaha Justice League, he wasn't that great. No. He's he's pretty shallow and he's pretty one note. But he's mostly in the wah ha ha ha. When when you your can't count him robot sidekick is better than you, yeah, you is can't. more likable than you. Yeah. So we're counting stories outside of Just League with the characters too. We're just counting the characters, man. Okay, Not just okay. I thought okay. I think he's lame. I think Keith, who's your number lame? two? Uh, my number two is is uh, is lame because he's lame. Um, and I, this may get some. Blowback. I don't know. I wouldn't think so. But Buana Beast, his costume stupid. His Dude, pop- you always make a big deal. Like when Buana Beast shows up on something, you're like, oh. Hey, I thought it was Buana cool Beast. that they went that far down into the depths of the roster. They're pulling those characters out. Doesn't mean he's a good character. It's just like, <laughs> I, why? My my, my amazement is why would you put him on there? He, he, him in the uh, in the Justice League Unlimited. That is, <laughs> yeah. he was a pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah he just, was. But yeah, pig. I mean, talk about like was, a, no, like Tarzan with a, a bucket pig. helmet. Yeah, <laughs> Tarzan with a bucket helmet. He, you, know, you already have Animal Man in that universe. What do you need him for? But you know what? He was prior to Animal Man. Yeah, he's from like the 60s or yeah, something. Yeah, like well, Animal Man came out and, way back then, too. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm just going to say, isn't it's it's almost offensive to say his name, Wannabeast. It's kind of like saying... Uh, Wanna, Wanna means master, right? No, I thought it was like white guy in Swahili no. or something yeah. like that. It's, 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 you know what? It's it's uh, appropriation of the uh, worst kind. Uh, it's <laughs> like having a, a Native American character that just does how. Yeah. <laughs> Is Buon a friend? I we can look it up later. Yeah. Just, all right. It I'm gonna true. go with it's boss or master. Oh, oh god. So he is the master of the beasts. Yes. He's a master. So of it's not so that so makes, lame, then. That makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> I mean, it's a all right. I'm gonna go with uh, beast boss. <laughs> I'm gonna go with one of the just I don't. I, you talked about Manitou Raven. First of all, Bloodwind. What a stupid fucking name. It's the worst kind of example of a 90s name, because not only does it have blood in it, it's got a Y instead of an I. Yeah, oh yeah, that was... So they, 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 cool. they, but wasn't he from Milestone? No, was, no, 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 the Milestone characters were all what you think he was, blood, like, I, I he was, was Bloodstone or Blood something. Oh, okay. Like yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, talk about like the... I, I really like my outsider characters like Martian Manhunter and, and Vision and all that stuff, and they tried to make him this outsider character... He, I couldn't tell you what he did. It was something with blood magic. He was something with some African tribes. He was the descendant of some African shaman or something. I don't think I ever read anything with him it, in it. it, it. So. I, it just <laughs> stupid look, bad name, dicey power set. I just, nah. You see, when he said that, I thought it was an image character. I, no, I think they were trying to get that image like, group. Like Bloodwind. I'm like, wait, isn't that like... <laughs> no, you think Liefeld would come up with something like that, but... Yeah, that's. <laughs> you know what? I didn't pick him because I thought he was one of the milestone characters. <laughs> no, the milestone characters. I love the milestone. Like yeah, Icon that's what I mean. and, and yeah. uh, I love those yeah. comics. Yeah, I uh, static. They're bringing them back. And and speaking of '90s characters, and I thought about this guy making my list. He didn't. But Aztec. Are you fucking kidding me? That yes. Was another '90s creation. Morrison creation. 
Yeah, that when Grant Morrison can't, doesn't always hit him out of the park because he uh, sucks. I was going to change this, and I could have gone with Aztec, but I'm not going to change it because uh, it truly is the lamest JLA member. And I'm going with Vibe. I'm sticking with Vibe as my number <laughs> so one. So two votes yes, for Vibe because he's so oh, bad. Vibe was on my list. He, uh, was, I, no, Vibe and was... I thought about changing it and going with Aztec because, you know, again, you said the 90s, and I went, yeah, this was really kind of a 90s creation yeah, of stupid blah, blah, blah. No, Vibe. Vibe, vibe is my number one too. We all agree. Okay, okay. But, but so my, unanimously, my, Vibe is the worst character that has ever been in the Justice League ever. Yes. Okay. But my new number one, I guess, is, and, and this is going to be really controversial, I actually like this character, but it's a lame Justice League character, is Vigilante. Same reason I put, like, two-gun kid on lame Avengers. It's a guy with oh. guns on a motorcycle. He's really not. He wasn't in the Justice League. Justice League Unlimited. Justice League Unlimited. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, we're gonna go from all media. Well, I don't. I, I, no, I, I haven't read as much Justice League as you guys, obviously, because I haven't. Yeah. Heard, like, like half the guys you listed, I don't know who they are. Yeah. Um, but they always had Superman on there, so why would I read? Yeah. It? Why would you read it? Yeah. <laughs> so really, vigil like vigilante over like the Crimson Avenger if you're going Justice League Unlimited because Crimson Avenger is literally just a shadow. I mean, without the brain powers. Yeah, I I didn't even think of him, but yeah, I was just thinking. I was thinking. Well, I think I picked Two Gun Kid in Avengers. Yes, I'm you like, did. Yeah, I'm you like, did. I'm like, well, this is he's got a, a motorized horse. But, uh, but again, he's not going to be doing. He's much. just one of my favorite characters. Oh, I love him. As a I, kid. Like, I, yeah. love, I love him. Did as you read the limited series with J, by James Robinson with the the dummy? I didn't. No. Oh, I love the Siegel. It's fucking oh. fantastic. I love the character, but I think on the Justice League, he becomes lame. I, you know what? We'll talk about that in our review. But I do, I agree. I, well, I, I don't hard. want to agree I, I with you. I don't want to well, agree like with I said, you. I love, I love the character, but it's sort of like the Booster Gold. Booster Gold on Justice League is okay, but when you stick him, yeah, <laughs> it's the opposite. Yeah. Okay. He's the anti-booster go. Well, I'm glad you you broke away from the comics and went to all media because my number one is a Lance Double. Oh. It's Jace and Jana. No, but you're close. It's I almost Marvin, went there. Marvin I and Wendy. Wendy and Marvin, the junior super friends. What the fuck? I hate the fucking seventy. See, that sometimes. wasn't justly. That was Super Friends. Yeah, I wouldn't have to Dude, agree with that. Dude, it's the Justice League. That's why I didn't pick that, because it, it was called Super Friends, not Justice League. Yeah. I would agree It's with the that. Justice League of America. They say it once during... In Challenge of the Super Friends, it's the Justice League of America versus the Legion of Doom. Retcon that back into that. Super Friends. Is there a reference to the Justice League in Super no, Friends? No, they, they yes. call it the Hall of Justice. That's the it's, only time. Again, the opening of... Challenge of the Super Friends is the Justice League of America versus the Legion of Doom. They literally say that in the opening. Challenge of Super Friends. They do. He's 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 going in through a back door that yeah. I don't know if we should open. Uh, okay. But he's doing well, it. I'm, I'm sorry. But, but what, he's what, doing what, it. Was Wendy and Marvin on the Challenge of the Super Friends? No, Wendy and Marvin So they on. can't count as Justice League. Wonder members. Dog, and he sucked too. That's oh, no. what, yeah, because they had Wonder Dog. Yeah. I, I, I would throw in the Wonder fucking Twins. Wonder Twin Powers yeah. activate. That was the stupidest fucking thing in the world. No, Wendy and Marvin. Shape Dude. of a bucket. Wendy and, and you Marvin. Know what? We're going to get into that Shape. because they, they were, were on the Superman. What qualifies them to be junior super friends? They had no superpowers. They had no superpowers. But what? What about Snapper Car? A Snapper Car was one of my one of my auxiliaries too. But he, was he officially a member of the yes, Justice? Yes, he was. Yeah, he was. Oh, so okay. so was Sue Dibney. 
Sue Dennis. Oh, I didn't remember that. Yes, yes she was. They even mentioned that in that identity thing. Identity she crisis? Gets, she's raped she gets by, raped. Yeah. But I thought but she was she, just she, on they the... They said she's a member of... I thought she was just on, but she gets no. raped by Dr. Light. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, she, she's, she's a member. That was member. a horrible thing. She's a me- I don't know. Look it wasn't it a great your, comic. You're into WebNet thing. I didn't, I didn't actually mind it. I thought Deathstroke killing everybody, but now we're away from the lamest Justice League. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so we got two minutes on Any the clock lame here, boys. guys? You know what? I just wanted to throw out, I love this, by the way. Um, Grant Morrison, in an interview, when they, when they brought the Justice League back and he got all the major characters, and, uh, and it was a big deal, and it was an interview in Wizard. And he, and he was talking about each of them. And he's uh, Batman. He gets to Batman and he says, he just views the other 11 members as 11 other Robins. Yeah. <laughs> and just, I loved that. Just, I loved that. I, I always figured that as compartments in his bat belt. He just uses them as he yeah, needs. Yeah, there are 11 other Robins. Uh, and I went, bah! Well, no, and that isn't, uh, that's the, the Morrison run. Tower of Babel. Tower of Babel. Babel. Yeah. Prometheus, where yeah. that's where they get that, that whole great storyline of, Prometheus uses Batman's countermeasures to all the other. Is it Morrison or Wade wrote Tower of Babel? My my recollection is it's Morrison. Okay, because yeah. I thought it was in the, the Howard Porter. It one. is Howard Porter, but Wade did some of those. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, do, it doesn't matter. I'm just, it, it was a genius idea. He he had to have a way to stop them all. Otherwise, he's just a guy with some gimmicks. So. All right. Well, that being said, are there any other lame Justice League members? You guys are the Justice League masters. I mean, wasn't Congorilla? I like Congorilla. Really? Yeah. Oh, Congorilla was. You got, and and if you want to talk like Detective, uh, there was Cry for Justice was the. Wasn't that where Congorilla was in it? Yeah, that was a stu. There was a that was a lame yeah, that was when, lineup. Uh, that was when uh, uh, James yeah. Robinson was yeah. writing. Yeah, all the obscure, yeah, the, the Alien Starman and all the well, other stuff. Well, is it sick? Detective Chimp? Detective Chimp wasn't in the Justice. League. He's in no. Justice League Dark. He's in Justice League Dark. But that's not Justice which League, which is a comic. Book, and which is I'm what? also going to say uh, Detective Chimp is fucking awesome. Yeah, he is fucking awesome. And a, shut up, a monkey wearing a Sherlock Holmes hat. Awesome. Yeah, okay, he is. All right, and I have to ask. Of 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 our female character devotee, what do you think of Maxima? The redheaded Wonder Woman. Uh, <laughs> well, no, and it's kind of like she's like, you know. And again, let me get this in before you two guys. She's a whore because all she's trying to do is breed with the most powerful beings yes. in the universe to improve her race's genetic <laughs> line or whatever. And I can't believe I got that in before all of you guys did. That, that's, you know, that's an aspiration. I don't uh don't You have no come opinion. On, come on. I actually have no opinion on her. I never cared for. Her. All Thank right, well God. that's our top 3 <laughs> lamest Justice League characters. Let us know what yours are. Alright, so in our celebration of the 1990s in film, we land on the year 1993. And let's get the low-hanging fruit out of the way. Uh, We're going to call the low-hanging fruit The Fugitive, Groundhog Day, Jurassic Park, Rudy, Schindler's List, and I'm taking one off of my list here, Tombstone. Took my number one off. That would have been my number one, too. Knew it was going to be low-hanging fruit. Didn't even go there. Look at Brian all prepared and stuff yeah. like that. Wow. All right. Foreshadowing. Well, then, with 15 minutes on the timer, what are your top three favorite films of 1993 and go? Go ahead, Brian. Uh, my number three uh, is going to be a little film. 
you're starting off with these little films all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. It's called This Boy's Life. Oh, it's, God. Uh, what? Okay, uh, wow. I, I've I haven't seen even, it. I've I've seen even it. heard of that oh, one. Oh, I've seen it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, De Niro's not a nice guy. In this. Oh, no. he's For uh, El- Ellen Barkin? Yeah. Robert De Niro plays uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's stepfather. 1950s. I'm yeah. not sure where. Yeah, right around there, yeah. Yeah. And and uh, the big line, the big takeaway from it for me was, shut your pie hole! Wow. Oh, yeah, he's an abusive, and it's just yeah. kind of, it goes through. It's a good film. Wow. It's a really good film. Well acted. Yes. It's not a happy It's not movie. a happy film. No. It's not a happy film. It doesn't sound like a happy film. No, but, but it no, is really good. No, it's really good, yes. Okay, okay. I'll put that on the, on the must-watch list. Um... Uh, I'm going to change mine now. Another Robert De Niro film that came out this year uh, with Chaz Palmiotti. Uh, okay. Uh, no, I'm not. That, that's yours. I'm going to leave No, that. no, no. I got actually, I got plenty this year, so go ahead. Oh, I, uh, I'm skipping that one. I, you got me thinking De Niro, and I went, wow, he played the exact opposite in the other movie. That yeah, Lance, he was. Lance actually, mentioned. <laughs> I'm going to go two number threes, because my first one is... Uh, Bad Night for a Bunch of Young People. It's called Judgment Night. It's oh, is that got Ice-T in it? Emilio Estevez and Jeremy Piven and I can't remember everyone else, but they uh, they witness a murder. Well, they're driving around Chicago in a in a RV. They rented a big, you know, and, a Winnebago. Yeah. And they, they witness a murder. I believe Dennis Leary is the bad guy in this. Yeah. And they spend the rest of the night trying to get out of Chicago. Okay, trying, that's not the one I was thinking. Trying not to get like killed. That the, the reason I know that film is because the soundtrack was one of those like they got like the the, the biggest rap groups. Yes. With a bunch of metal guys, and they did a couple of crossover songs and stuff like that. It's a it's a really fun movie. Uh, not fun. Yeah, it's fun. But it's like one of those ones where it's like Die Hard in a Winnebago. There was a lot of Die Hard in uh, movies in the 90s. And my second one for number three, so that's six, um, is a, a movie with uh, Rob, uh, James Caan. Uh, what's his name? Schaefer. Craig Schaefer. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Program. Really good football mm. movie. It's, it's about college football. It's actually one of the cooler representations of college football and how these people are, how these guys are pushing themselves. Uh, they have steroid abuse in it, and it's just a good sports film. It's got a love story. The quarterback's in love with the Khan's daughter, who's you know he's the coach, and it's just uh, I I don't know. It just sticks with me. I love that movie, and there's one guy who paints his face like a skull as a defensive player and just scares the shit out of the other team. It's huh. it's, it's fun. Huh. Okay. You've been reacting like you think thought it was something else. No. Okay. Uh-uh. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um. So, you could have took Bronx Tale, by the way. I could have. Okay. So let's just get that out of the way. Bronx Tale uh, is the one that Keith was referencing. Uh, it was uh, I written by Chaz Palminteri. I'm not sure if it was directed by Chaz Palminteri. I thought it was. Was it directed by De Niro? I thought it might have been directed by De Niro. I think, it was, I think it was his debut. Right, but. Debut. Uh, essentially Italian neighborhood in like the 1950s or 60s. Yeah. De Niro's actually playing against type. But he's the. It's about these kids growing up in the neighborhood. And uh, De Niro's like the bus driver father and Chaz yes. Palminteri's the gangster in this. 
but it's it's just one of those really great kind of coming of age movies. You know, it's got the gangster stuff in it, but it's also got like you know, do you respect your dad type of a thing? Yeah, there's a there's a big choice for the the yeah. lead to make. He sort of gets in with Palmiati because he he witnesses him do something. And he doesn't yeah. testify, so it's like the whole. But then there's a point when he's going against Palmiati, and you're not sure Palmiati's gonna yeah like, whack him or not. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, and then there's two bits the uh, the scene where the bikers go into the the mafia bar. <laughs> and that that was really that's really awesome. But the uh, when he's uh, he's trying to date the gal, and uh, the one thing that Jazz Palmetteri says if she leans over, if you open a car door for her, and she yeah. leans over and opens the lock, that's yeah, that's some great stuff. So dating advice, dating advice, <laughs> which like kids nowadays would not even understand. <laughs> so okay, Brian, what do you got for number two? For number two, I got to go with the um, Kiefer Sutherland. I can't. I can't. I suddenly blanked at Three Musketeers. Oh, okay. oh, dude, My, really? Uh, Charlie Sheen and uh, I forget who was the third one. First of all, I'm just Oliver saying, Platt. Uh, what's uh, oh, Oliver uh, Platt was? Yes, both. yes. Uh, first of all, I'm a huge Three Musketeers fan, so I love Three Musketeers, and I he am loves too. Electronic and that's music. the worst one that they've ever made. Dude. He loves electronic music. It's uh, no. Not the worst one they've ever made. I'll argue that with you. Uh, Rebecca D. Mornay. Oh, come on. Uh, but it's kind of the... Um, they tombstoned it. They didn't do it as well. There's not a Doc Holliday. You mentioned that film and the tombstone yes. in the same breath. No. no. Yes. 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 I will. I will. Oh, Jesus. I will stand up for this version of the Three Musketeers. That's, that's a, you're a brave man. Yeah, dude. It, no. it, it, Who played D'Artagnan? Oh, Christopher. Or, uh, the. Uh, oh, um, yes, Robin. 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 Con- yes. <laughs> God, no, NCIS. Connell Connolly. Chris. Chris O'Connell. Chris O'Connell. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a great. 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 Yes, it's my number two. Yes, I think it's great. I love the Three Musketeers, and this was action and adventure. Oliver Platt was great in this. It was the first time I ever saw him, uh, and became a huge Oliver Platt fan. I thought it was fun, and uh, I don't care if uh, if you guys don't think so. Yeah, I was kidding about the next week thing, but now I'm not sure. <laughs> three, three old geeks rebirth. <laughs> Keith, what's your number two? Geeks Reborn. <laughs> uh, my number two is a Sil- Sylvester Stallone vehicle. It's Celeste- Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, Sandra Bullock, De- Demolition Man. Oh, you, you're rolling your eyes at that, too. <sighs> what did we get? We So we started a new season? We start, we lost our taste in movies, did we? I enjoyed I start out with This Boy's Life. And we're. Well, I, I hope your number ones are for not. Dude, Demolition Man, really? Yeah, I enjoy Who doesn't Demolition. Love Demolition Man. I still want to know. Besides you, I want to know how to use the three shells. Uh, oh, it's fun. Ta- oh Taco God. Bell's the only restaurant. It's <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's like the and like the uh, the religious leaders leading. You know, he's the head guy and. Yeah, the, the cars all have, like, foam when they get into action. Yeah, and, and they predict, like predicted Scott Peterson being, like, a 
killer before he became one. When they're defrosting it, they mentioned Scott Peterson. Really? And it was like, yeah, this is 94, 93. And when Scott Peterson killed AC, way after that. So, wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. Deep. I'm that deep. Okay. Wow. Okay, what, what's your number two there, deep guy? Uh, now give us something deep. Yeah. Give us something that criterion. <laughs> I'm actually not going to go criterion. I'm going to go a Lance cheat. I'm going to go two, and I'm going to do two animated films. Uh, the first one I feel is the best Batman movie ever, which is Mask of the Phantasm. Okay. Uh, so that's Deany and Tim. That's uh, got the. It's a great Joker bit in it. Uh, it's got the mysterious Phantasm Killer Vigilante. Uh, it's it plays like an old noir movie. I really like it a lot. And then there's one that you guys probably have never heard of, but this is my was my introduction to modern anime. So I, of course, grew up with all the same ones you did, uh, Battle of the Planets and Speed Race and stuff like that. But the first modern anime that I watched is one called Ninja Scroll. Yeah. yeah. I, I should have wrote down all the, the directorial information on them. But um, it's really cool. It's a period Japanese piece, uh, but it's got uh, some fantasy elements to it. There's... Uh, uh, a ninja who is uh, facing off against the seven devils of Kimon, and they're all kind of like, uh, it's almost like a superpower. Like one guy's got like a beehive in his back, and another guy can blend into shadows and stuff like that. And uh, it's really cool fantasy, kind of sword and uh, sorcery movie. And again, that was my first introduction. Like you watched Akira, I never watched Akira. Yeah. This was my first introduction uh. to modern anime. Sounds just like Demolition Man. Okay, uh, what's your number one, Brian? My number one was a huge film. Bastard. With great fucking... No, uh, it actually wasn't a huge film. It was a a small film, I think. Uh, Dave, with Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein. Oh, the, the president oh, lookalike. The presidential lookalike. That that is a fantastic. I love that movie. That movie is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it's just a lot of fun. Charles, it's stupid. I I'm a big Kevin Klein fan. Charles Grodin is is his buddy yeah. accountant. And Klein. anything Charles Grodin does. Yeah. Is so understanding. Sigourney Weaver's the first lady. Yep. You know what? It's kind of a comedy regarding Henry. <laughs> Without a, getting shot in the head, but, yeah, you know, they yeah. bring in the nice guy, and the president was a real asshole, yeah. and Dave is just a real nice guy. Yeah. And everybody likes him. he's trying him. to solve problems and yeah. balance budgets. And, and Sigourney Weaver actually falls for him. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's just a fun I like those kind of films. Yeah. 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 No, it's a fun No, it's, that, that's a real good one. That's a super fun that's one. That's yeah. a good choice. Really good choice. Well, there you go. What's All right, your number Keith, one? What do you got? Uh, my number one is going to be. Uh, it's a cult classic now. It, everyone, everyone quotes it. Uh, Sandlot. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Killing me smalls. Yeah. Killing me smalls. Yeah. You got All Hercules the, the dog. You got James Earl Jones in it. Oh. A bunch of uh, Dennis Leary again in it. Just a yeah. Fun maybe maybe movie. it was a Dennis Leary year for me. It could have been. Yeah. It could have been. He, but uh, just yeah, a, no, that's a, and uh, it's my a, dad always says like that's the way he remembers like growing up and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I, it's, I did the same thing, hanging out, not met, playing baseball so much more football for me. But it was like that's what we used to do. You know what? It's funny. I was just thinking when you said that it's the way I grew up. Christmas story is not the way I grew up. No, it's the way my parents grew up. It's the way our parents grew yeah. up. But but it invokes that feeling of youth. It yeah. takes you there. Yeah, uh, it, it's warm and comfortable. Sandlot does the same thing. It just yeah. takes yeah. you there. Yeah. Definitely. Even if you if that's not your experience, you you it for somehow it just taps into that and just brings that. Definitely, definitely. 
Well, you guys are doing the warm and fuzzies and stuff like that, and I have to counter with two of the greatest action movies of all time. Uh, first of all, directed by Yen Wu Ping, starring Yanni Yen, one you've never heard of, Iron Monkey. I have heard of it, and that's why I didn't put it on I've my heard, list. I've heard of it. I bet you the other one I had on my list, too, but I didn't put it on. Uh, it is literally a superhero, it's it's almost like a superhero kung fu movie. There's like, he's the, Iron Monkey's kind of like this Robin Hood character, he wears a mask and stuff like that. Uh, he's got a, a gal sidekick and stuff like that. It, it's got the evil Buddhist monk who's got the extending sleeves and he can and they're booting around like rice bales and stuff like that. It's fantastic. Uh, and the second one is Ultimate Guilty Pleasure, a combination of the muscles from Brussels and John Woo. Oh. Hard target. <laughs> it, it, it finally explained why uh, John Claude Van Damme is an American but yet has a French accent. He it's all filmed in Louisiana. Uh, it's got Lance oh. Hendrickson. Uh, and Arnold Vosloo, and they do like the the they're rich. They hire out uh, to hunt people to rich guys and stuff like that. And uh, it's during a police strike in uh, in Louisiana or in New Orleans, and it is absolutely one That's of my great last fight scene. The last fight scene is awesome. It's one of my ultimate guilty pleasure movies. If if you if you don't like Jean Claude Van Damme, watch this one because this is like his best one. I thought you could pick Crime Story. Jackie Chan's crime story. Oh, that's got some fantastic stuff. That's what I thought you were... were, All right, well... 36 seconds on the clock? No, sorry. Uh, Actually, no. We have... A minute left. (laughs) And just to get this out of the way, this one's... This is my brother's (coughs) here. So my honorable mentions are going to be True Romance, Carlito's Way... And Dazed and Confused, those are my brother's top three from this year, and this is one of his favorite movie years, so I got to get a shot with my brother, Matt. I got to throw out uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, Dazed and Confused. Talked about it before, Matinee. Yeah, Matinee. Oh, Matinee. Mrs. Doubtfire. And nobody mentioned Mrs. Doubtfire, and that's funny. Remains of the Day, which is a great period piece. Uh, Yes. Johnny Depp spending June. A Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm surprised that was. I know you're a huge fan of that. I'm surprised that wasn't really on like your your main list. I didn't know. I honestly didn't know if you were going to call that low hanging fruit. And then the, and that was one I was debating, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to like. T- I'm not going to do low hanging fruit because I mean it's like a almost like it's culty. It's not. Yes. But I I didn't. You also have cliffhanger and dragon Bruce Lee. Story. So I married an axe murderer. That's well, 1993 in a nutshell. Let us know what you think. Alright, so for this week's uh, A Movie You Might Not Have Heard Of segment, uh, we are talking Kronos, which was the debut of film of filmmaker Guillermo del Toro, which and he wrote and directed this film. Uh, it came out in 1993, and it stars Federico Lupi, uh, Ron Perlman, Claudio Brook, Margarita Isabel, and Tamara uh, Sh- Shanath. I hope I'm pronouncing I'm probably not pronouncing that. he has that. to read these. This? Wow. Uh, Keith, you suggested this because our, our, our original pick turned out to be really expensive and... <laughs> not worth the money. <laughs> not worth the money. And boy, uh, what a pleasant surprise. Yes. It was, it was just something I was looking about and I saw Del Toro's uh, first movie. I'm like, okay, I, I, I was going to watch it myself regardless. If, and I threw it out there and you guys said yes. Yeah. So. Uh, I got lucky. 
So uh, basically, it's it's kind of your traditional. I mean, what we've come to know as a Guillermo del Toro movie is you know this kind of monster movie, but with a heart. Sci-fi horrorish. Yeah. So okay, the basic premise is this: this alchemist in the 15th century comes up with this device that gives him eternal life. It get lo- gets lost in time, and it ends up in this older gentleman's shop. And he kind of stumbles across it, and starts. I guess he he becomes addicted. To yes. It. It, it, well, it makes it makes him feel younger. It makes makes everything. Makes him it, younger. Yeah. Makes him younger. Yeah. It yeah. makes him younger. It, it. There's some side effects he doesn't know. Yeah. About. Yeah. And then uh, it does, did have a vampirist. Vampire. Yeah, it's almost like it was like a kind of a turn your head and squit vampire movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, and then the drama comes from this this kind of rich older guy who's dying of cancer, and he's been he's been on a lifelong quest to find this thing. And Ron Perlman's his nephew. Fucking Ron Perlman he's appears good. in so many. And he's like twenty in this, and, this, and he he looked like a baby in yeah. this dude. And this is where it started him in. Del Toro. Yeah. I mean, he's been in most of Del Toro's movies. But he also does a lot of foreign language work. Yeah. Yes. He must. And I, he was in the French yeah. uh, Children of the Lost City. Yeah. Fucking, I, I don't even yeah. know. Yeah. And that's French. Yeah. He must, I, I, he <laughs> might, I'm going to have to look him up, but he must speak. I mean, he, he did a fairly passable Spanish in this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I meant to ask you, Keith, so you suggest this one and it turned out to be a movie that you had to read, so yes. how'd you get by? Oh, I did. It wasn't that long a movie. No, and that's another... What is it nowadays that all movies have to be two hours where, man, you can get a pretty good, damn good movie out of an hour and a half? Yeah. 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 That's, uh, I, you know what, I think it's ego. More but, okay, so ego. yeah, I mean, so this older gentleman discovers this kind of alchemical clockwork device, and, yes. and it makes him younger, and the, uh, the older gentleman wants it to preserve his life and stuff like that, and they kind of mess with him. The billionaire guy knows what the what it is. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got like he's, he's got, got like a secret book. He's, he's got, got the alchemist uh, the manual. He's got the, yeah. he's got the alchemist journal. Uh, on it. Yeah. The other guy doesn't know what it is, but thinks it, no. it's worth money. Yeah, yeah. That's what it. It's yeah. gold. Well, well, first time he picks it up, it it, it latches onto him. Yeah. Well, he, he spins it, and then yeah, yeah. but another Del Toro thing is is these weird the gears? Kind of kid relationships. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, so that's that's why I kind of like immediately thought like oh this is because it's like Pan's Labyrinth and, and, and uh, the the older gentleman's got his granddaughter who yes, hangs yes. out with him or he's, he's watching her or something like that. She has like she has one line in the entire movie and she's kind of this this beautiful this little beautiful big-eyed little girl yeah. Yeah. and um who's <laughs> completely devoted to him. Completely devoted to him. Even okay, so Essentially, the the alchemical process has a side effect, which is blood. I have seen a lot of vampire movies, and I don't know if I've ever seen a scene like the bathroom scene. Uh, I'm going to tell you that was uh, disturbing on a lot of levels. Yes, yeah. like a lot that of gave me like like. Well, that showed how addicted he was yeah I mean, and, it, and it's like i mean like literally the ecstasy of licking blood off the off of a, a bathroom, bathroom floor, floor yeah. was so disturbing you yes, i mean like yes. it like I, I like that image is like burned in my head now yeah. you know but it it starts out with the alchemist's death as they as they tell the tale of the chronos device but when they go to his mansion and yeah. he's got the guy hanging upside yeah, yeah, down yeah, yeah, like yeah, all the blood pig, yeah, yeah. 
uh, dripping into the bowls. You don't know what that's about at yeah. the beginning, but then you got to wonder, oh my God, yeah, that's where it's going to lead. Price of mortality. Yeah. yeah. There were some other costs that, that yes, I, I don't think that you realize, but uh, we and and what's kind of cool too is you see some of the stuff in this has leaked into his later work. I well, mean, yeah, I mean, you see that this was his vision because. He's used it in other things, the big gears and everything from the yeah. Hellboy, and he's used themes from this in, in fu- his future. And I will say, for I, I imagine this did not have the biggest budget in the world. No. That guy is another one. We talk about Sam Raimi and stuff like that, or, or uh, Roger Corman. This is a guy, I mean, and thank God he's got big budgets now, but... This this movie did not have a big budget, and boy, that was a hell. Of, there was a, a hell of a great monster makeup in this. Yeah, I mean, for minimalistic budgets, yeah. he's able to do some cool stuff. It begins with the Criterion Collection logo, so as soon as it started, I knew it was going to be a good film. Yeah, I mean, I just knew, okay, this is, and and it didn't disappoint in that in that respect. Yeah, it is a B movie, and uh, again, Rafifi was too. Yeah. But boy, what a what a heck of a B movie! Uh, you know what? There were some parts where the makeup was a little off putting and took me out. Okay, okay. I end. thought it was. I thought for for the budget that he probably had, I thought it was pretty good. Oh no, I, I the the old man's makeup. But when he was uh when he peeled all his skin off, it looked like a suit. It did look yeah, like a suit. Yeah, you know me. what? And especially when you mentioned like the girl like goes to lay down on his chest, and you're like, yeah. oh, that's like fo- a- that's foam rubber. Yeah, right. <laughs> it looked like a quilt to me. Yeah. It's- so so there were there were some things that took me out of the movie. Okay. Yeah. No, the the uh the fact that um his skin was peeling off and he was fucking dead. Yeah. Yeah. That makeup was just seriously <laughs> disturbing. Yeah. I love the fact that his suit's on backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Well I mean, <laughs> I don't know how you possibly get it on. Oh, no, no, like no. That. Didn't you see that was the whole that was a burial suit. Yeah, I know. So he, that was like, like, just, it was all like a one piece, like a jumpsuit. They put it on him when he was in the coffin. They stripped him to, oh, when they were going to burn him in the, yeah. in the crematorium. Yeah. And then he must have found it and put it on, yeah. but he put it on backwards. Yes. That's what I, I mean. I would imagine it's something that sort of zips or buttons. Yeah. And that's why he wore it backwards, because he couldn't reach behind it to do it proper. But it was cool. Well, Ron Perlman going and holding his nose in the casket. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Ron Perlman yes. was great in this. Yeah, yes, he was. Uh, I think he okay, was really you want, and you want to talk about something that took me out of the movie, the embalmer. Yes, that was like, a like I mean, this movie was fair. I mean, it was like dark, but not like the blackest of black. But boy, that guy was just sort of like, I expected him to like a Mel Brooks film or something. He was like so goofy and you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was just, it was really a, he, a wacky scene out of this kind of dark movie, you know? He 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 was not, he didn't fit. No, the rest of the, like the tone of the rest of the movie. Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. And, and I would agree with that. And if there was a shortcoming, I would say that was it. Okay. Uh, even more than the uh, makeup. So I agree with you there. Yeah, I hadn't thought it. But yeah, he was not a, a character that I even wanted to see. Yeah. And that was a rough scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, and it was kind of like, he was goofy, but then he was like, he's like, you know, putting staples into his face and stuff like that. It was like, Jesus. Get Sewing him. up the lips. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you okay? The running gag with fucking Ron uh, Perlman's nose. Yes. Yeah. Was yeah. Uh, yeah. absolutely brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant. And he keeps getting his nose broken. <laughs> it was just fucking funny. That made me giggle. So, immortality has a price. And you kind of, it's kind of an ambiguous ending. 
I mean, eh, I, I guess he uh, smashed. Well, I mean, essentially, he smashes the device. Yeah, yeah. And, he's gonna and, die. And, and, yeah, and I think he did. But it, more like he dies on his own terms. Yeah. Yes, yes. To... Well, because well, because he was his hunger was he was looking at his granddaughter yeah. and he had a hunger to stay alive for blood and he's like. It, the the whole love for his granddaughter overrode the the, the wanting to not die. It, it was still, and uh, that's why at the end he's he's I'm mean, Jesus, great Greece or whatever Greece, yeah. and he, as he's mentioning yeah. that he's not this monster. That's who he is, and I thought that was poignant. Yes. All right. Well, uh, I actually I'm, again I'm, pl- I'm real I'm glad you suggested a cheap yeah. real super pl- pleasant surprise. Yeah. Uh, what was the uh, what was the star rating on this one, boys? I'm gonna give it a four. I was going to say four also. You know what? I was debating three and a half. You guys talked me into four. This is a four-star movie. It's, again, Guillermo del Toro's debut. If you want to see where it all started, check this one out. It's on HBO Max. HBO Max. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All right. So in our continuing reviews of the first live-action Marvel program on the Disney app, we are reviewing WandaVision episode number five, and they ripped off a title from us on a very special episode. We are going to sue them. Uh, so this one was really interesting because it was a hybrid of the throwback TV show and then the what the, the government is actually doing, you know, so there was like that combination, which I thought was really interesting. Are you going to give us the title? I just did. It's on a very special episode. episode. Oh, that's why I told him we're going to sue because we used that for one of the, the podcast episodes. <coughs> I didn't pick that up when you said we used it on a very special episode. I was oh, like, well, yeah. what episode? The <laughs> whole TV episode was called on a very special episode of the Three Old Geeks. Which we stole from Supernatural. But Shut up, bitch. Oh. God. Now the lawsuit's not going to work. Three Old it. Geeks, I, the rebirth. I'm an old geek. I can't have money. That's true. All right, so what do we think of this one, boys? I had a lot of thoughts on this. Okay. I've got... I'm going to take a nap. A <laughs> ton of notes on this. Okay. Uh, there was some... There was huge things that happened in this episode. Yes. Fucking huge. And then they gave you just enough meat to start clicking in pieces <coughs> of previous episodes. Yeah. So you finally get that. Not even getting into the big reveal. Yes. All right, so this is like, the, so they, they evolved the, the TV program into the 80s. We're now into the 80s. They do the family ties kind of opening and stuff yes. like that. So first, when you when you get Agnes coming in, uh, and she talks about her anniversary with Ralph being June 2nd. That is the start of the Salem Witch Trials. Oh. It was June 2nd. Okay. Uh, the first of them. I have looked everywhere. For a Ralph in anything. Salem Witch Trials, I read through all of that shit. Nothing. Not you don't even... think it's that, that Ralph's supposed to be like Vera from Cheers? Like you never, it's always just implied you never see him and stuff like that. That's always a tip that I got on that was that. Some people feel that Ralph is, um, I'm going to get into this, but a, a prevailing theory right now is that Ralph is the big bad. Okay. Meaning that... Agnes is helping the big bad. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. okay. I'm going to say, you still holding out Mephisto for the big bad? I think it could be. Okay. I still think it could be. The reason for that, for me, goes to A, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, 
and Nightmare is supposed to be the big bad in that, so it could be Nightmare, but uh, Nightmare also ties into Mephisto, so it could be, but in the Loki trailer, somebody, and I can't remember who, was talking to a little girl in a church, and behind them is a stained glass uh, window. window, and it's the devil, where Jesus would be. So that's why people are saying Mephisto. Okay. Uh, just tying it into that. Marvel's got a lot of devils. You got Belasco. You got. They've already gotten Dormammu. Dorm, yeah. They brought well, him he's in. Not he's really interdimensional. Dev- he's like he's, an yeah. interdimensional but god. You you had the devil that uh, Ghost Rider sold is uh, sold to Zero Zero Zerasos or whatever. Yeah. So you got you got a lot of devils in yes Marvel universe. But uh, the big ones are the ones we know, and Grim Reaper ties into Mephisto. I don't think we're going to see Grim Reaper in that. I must say, I don't think mm. Grim Reaper. I don't makes, think so. It but it doesn't I, make sense to fit in there. But they show it. I mean, they imply it. Uh, they did have a little. Yeah, they did the have opening. the. But I don't think that we're going to see it. Photon gets her powers. I can't believe that more people. I watched probably a half dozen videos on this, and nobody said anything. Okay, I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. Where Where does she get her powers? Grace Randolph picked up on it. Go Grace. There's a few others that did after that, but um, where did she use her powers? I didn't she didn't use her powers. Well, then remember when they well, they take the X-ray? Yeah, and yeah. it's overexposed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and you know one what? of the test results came back, yeah. and yeah. she just went, "No, we're not doing it anymore." Okay, so she's photon. Yeah, she may not know it yet. Okay, but okay. she's yeah, she's photon. Okay, no, that, now that you mention it, that's yeah, that that, that I kind of picked up on that a little bit. Yeah. Yes. And also, I'm going to say that I don't know if she's a mutant and Wanda activated her powers being okay. in there, which could be kind of like an Inhumans thing. Yeah, Terrigan Mist. Or Terrigan yeah, but it's it's still it's just yeah. her reality warping. Yeah. If you have the X gene, she's going to activate it. The kids they keep the kids in their their superhero colors. All their clothes match. Oh, okay. What their superhero colors are. One of the big questions that's coming up in a lot is: Are the folks in the commercials? Wanda's parents, which I don't think so, because I think they would have access. Okay, well, I didn't get the I didn't get the the, the Lagos or Lagos reference. Lagos. Okay, we'll get into that and just we can do that now. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. So all of the commercials tie into painful moments in Wanda's life. Okay. Uh, the first was the Strucker watch. Strucker is the one who obviously gave them their powers. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the reference to who created her. Stark toaster. Yeah. Now here's, and I can't remember if they called Vision this at some point, a walking toaster. You know, I think they might have, yeah. yeah. The, so I took that as a reference <clears throat> to not only Vision, but a reference to the man who created him. Okay. Also, in the uh, in Age of Ultron, they sit and talk about, A, it was a Stark bomb that killed her parents, and B, sitting in the apartment for two, for two days, at staring at the Stark yeah. bomb, waiting for Tony Stark to kill him. Okay. The Hydra... It's the government group that they were fighting. I also think it's a reference to brainwashing, the Hydra soap. But that leads to Lagos. Okay. And that's where she raises crossbones up and he blows oh. up. That was Lagos. Okay. So kills all those people, uh, cleaning up your mess. Okay. So, again, it's another uh, reference to... Um, and she kept cleaning up red liquids. Everything that they spilled except for the beer. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, you're mopping up the blood of the yes. entrails, essentially. Okay. Yes. Okay. Cool. Okay, that's a cool so, reference. So, uh, that was, um, those are the commercials. Wanda stole Vision's corpse. I don't think so. 
I think she took it from uh, Sword because Sword was doing what they said didn't want to be that Vision didn't want to be done. Yeah. Remember in the episode previous, he talks about them getting into AI and and yeah yeah oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah 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 no I figured that, that Sword was not he is not yeah. I don't think Sword on the whole but he is not and there is some speculation as to Monica Rambeau taking over as director because we know it's not going to end well for him I think. Because one of the two people that I had in mind from the first episode when they come back and it's a woman's hands and she's taking them, <coughs> uh-huh. I thought it was either going to be Kat Denning's character or Agent Brand, which is the one I want to see, who is the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the comics. Sorry. Or S.W.O.R.D. The director of S.W.O.R.D. in the comics. And so I would love to see her come in. But I think that that's why she went and took Vision's Corp. Okay. Because, because S.W.O.R.D. was messing with it to try, to, okay. to, try so, to get yeah. the AI. The sitcoms that they all deal with family. Yeah, yeah. They all deal with with the creation of a family. The whole town is created, and I don't think it's created by well, Wanda. No, and, the, and you could tell this is Wanda, you know, creating her own space, if you will. That's creating really, life. Know. She, I think it's creating life she wants, and uh-uh. you don't think it's her. You don't think that? Uh-uh. I think it is. I think that. No, I especially think in, as you review the commercials having the, the bad parts of her life. Yeah, this I is think her the, trying. This to, is her creating a normal her, life her, for herself. Her, yeah. I don't think she did it. I think that it was done for her, or done okay, to well bring then explain, her into it. Okay, well then explain yeah. the whole her storming through the barrier yeah. and tossing the drone and saying, stay because, the fuck out of my life. Because even if, because she, she isn't creating everything and she isn't controlling everything, and she says that through the episode. I'm mm. not doing this. She can't control the kids. She can't control Agnes. She doesn't control, there was somebody else she didn't control. I think subconscious she is, but... No, I think subconsciously this is what she wants, and I think that there's somebody (coughs) outside of her that's giving it to her. Okay. And she doesn't understand it all, but she has everything she wants. Okay. So she will fiercely protect it, just like you would. Okay. Vision mentions no other children, which is why in the promo when he's walking out, he looks so amazed because suddenly there are all these children for Halloween. So these children get created because there aren't any. And there aren't any children in the town. So uh, I thought that was interesting. Uh, Agnes sprays lavender on the children. Lavender is a protection against evil forces. Oh, okay. I don't think Agnes is the big bad. I think she's there to protect Wanda. That's what I thought. She's she's Harkness who who watched over... The kid. Yes. Yes. She she watched over over, uh, Franklin Richards way back when. And she, she she is a good witch, if you will. But she's been evil in the comics throughout, too. So there have been times where she's not been... Yeah, but for the most part... For the most part. It's, it's like anyone. In but comics, she shows... They, they, they flip and... She was also, Vision's been evil, too. Yes, Scarlet Witch's mentor. So yeah. I, I think I think she's there to protect. Yeah. I don't think... There's also Lavender sitting on the coffee table. That's why she's always bringing everything that Wanda needs, too, right. if you notice. Oh, yeah. She's always, always... She always has it before she even says it. One of the questions I had was, did Sword send the email? Remember, she said, "What if we send something in that doesn't need to be changed?" Yeah, yeah. I and they sent the drone, but did they also send the email? I think they all I they think, sent I the, email the email. Well, was yeah. the main thing they were talking about. Yeah, Vision's tie in the episode. This is where the meta gets so funny. Okay, to me, Vision's tie was the same pattern that was on the magic cabinet. The magic cabinet is the same pattern that is on the Mind Stone. <laughs> if you look, okay, the fucking patterns just keep carrying through. My personal feeling at this point, 
I'm switching things because I'm always wrong. Yeah. Hedge my bets. Okay. Dottie is the big bad. I think that, I, I, that was the groove that I got that, that Dottie is the big bad. Well, she says that um, I'm still hoping it's Clea. I'm usually wrong, but I am hoping. And Clea started out evil. I mean, she's the queen of the Dark Realm. So it very well could be, which leads again into Doctor Strange. Okay. So I'm hoping for that. I would rather have her be Enchantress. I want Enchantress in the Marvel Universe, and I think that yeah, Emma Caulfield would be a good Enchantress. I think she'd be a better clear. And I think really? that that ties into Doctor Strange. No, I understand. Yeah. Well, this is going to tie into Doctor Strange. It's also going to tie into Spider-Man, which comes out like a month before Doctor right, Strange. Right, so on the subject of multiversal, the thing <laughs> that, uh, that got me was... That Quicksilver is a Quicksilver from the X-Men movies and not the Quicksilver from the Avengers We're going to talk about that right now. In wow. a minute. Okay. There's still more to go through. Stay tuned. But I think it's Dottie is the big bad when he unlocks, what's his name's? Who? Norm. Norm. His memories. He never says Wanda. He says she and he says her. He says she and her. He never says Wanda. I think it's Wanda's grief. Which then could lead to despair or nightmare. I think that that was the key for whatever devil, be it Mephisto or someone else. But that was the the opening. Was her yeah. grief was so all encompassing, and that happens a lot in comics. Well, you can play it like the whole Peter Parker thing too, where Mephisto. Yeah. Cuts a deal. Yeah. Cut, cut a deal with her, and she didn't realize it, and this is the backfiring of that. And let's let's hope fucking not. We don't get brand new day out of this. Oh, no, we won't. But I'm saying that I, that's not the only deal he's ever cut, I'm sure. Anyways. Uh, when she comes out of the, um, when Scarlet Witch comes out of the uh, Hex area, she flips into the Segovian accent. Yes. Yes. Which is hot as hell. Well, she's also got her old costume on. Yes. Uh, but what a wicked fucking scene. That was that just, was that was badass when she like mind controls all the snipers to like. Uh, First of all, when, yeah, when they're all pointing yeah, at her yeah, chest, yeah. <laughs> well, you have all the dots, and she's, and not, she's not even yeah, paying attention. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't even matter. She's her. issuing her warning, but still. she does that little yeah. twist. Yeah. She mentions a an aerospace engineer. She said, "I know an aerospace engineer who who could help us out," and then she starts texting. Reed Richards. There is some speculation that it is Reed Richards, though Feige has said that they have not cast the Fantastic Four cast yet. So they have not cast the main actors. But they do, Feige's a long-term planner, so... Feige's also a liar. Well, He's a lying bitch who, who cheats us. Cheats us? I'm hoping for John Krasinski. Um, anyway, the other name that pops up, Dr. Doom. Ooh, yeah. Victor Von Doom, who also is. And ties with magic. Oh, there you go. There you go. I do not think this is Quicksilver. Here's the reason why. And it was interesting. I watched um, Grace Randolph, and uh, I like her. Though her voice drives me crazy. I like her. Uh, and she's really been pushing out some big scoops lately. But what she said was that there are three types of people who watch the show. There are people who know nothing about the comics... They're just watching the show because it's a Marvel. Uh, so they only know the movies. There are people who know the Marvel MCU and know the comics. So they have more of an idea of what's going on. And then there are people who watch the MCU, read the comics, 
and get spoilers. Okay. That's so, you. That's you. No. No, the influencers. Oh, okay. So there are people like Grace Randolph who gets more information. And what she has said was, I don't want to spoil this for anybody. I'm not going to get into it. But what I will tell you is that I have more information and he's not acting like Quicksilver from the Fox movies. From what I have seen, he does not act like him. Okay. So... But he can act like the Quicksilver from the MCU films. He could. And and look like the other guy. Because they might not have been able to get the other actor to do it. I'm sure that they could have. I liked the MCU Quicksilver. I, I really liked him. I actually think the X-Men Quicksilver was the most of the best thing out of those lousy Really? Movies. I like Oh I like, no, no, I'm going to agree with you. And I like Evan Peters in the role, but I liked I guess the feel of the actor I liked from the, the more seriousness and yeah. Yeah. I, I actually liked the MCU Quicksilver better. Yeah. I, I really mean, liked he was cocky, he was there was a, something about him And that, the other guy Evan Peters only had that one no trick they kept on using. I mean, like forgive him the best scene in the movie, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but the second time, it wasn't the best scene. The second movie we did, it wasn't the best scene. It was like, okay, they did this before. The first time, it was awesome. The second time, it's just like, okay, you can't do anything else with them. Okay, that's pretty much uh, outside of, I'm going to give you one more meta detail that somebody picked up. Okay. That I thought was funny as shit. But if you look at the first two episodes, the clocks... And semaphore spell out X-Men. Somebody went through and picked out the clocks. We do. The position of the hands spells out X-Men. Whoever figured that out needs to get a job. And a life. And a girlfriend. Well, you know what? I I hate to say this, but it is pretty interesting. And it would be um, unfortunate. Fucking believably difficult to have that just be chance. And what if the Nexus lives? Because <laughs> you got nine episodes. I, I, I just, I'm right, just saying. So, uh, I thought this was a pretty excellent episode. I think uh, they finally kind of found their their groove. I, I, I'm actually looking forward to the next one. I think that it's been a. I think the build's been for this. So now everyone's like sucked in. It, it, it lulled you into something where you kept on teasing at something, and now it's starting to give you a... There's some payoff. There yeah, was some payoff yeah. into this which, which, one. Which makes it more exciting. You had enough uh, enough go on that you could um, you could start putting together things, which uh, I thought was excellent because it's the second episode where we got more real world. Yeah. So there were a lot more clues. And now they're, they're switching back and forth yeah. between it. I think that works really well. Or, they're integrating. Integrating. That's it. Words. Yeah. All right. That's our opinion words. of WandaVision. Let did us I answer what... all the questions? Dude, yes, you did. You did your homework. You get a, you get a gold star on your no, paper. No, no. I, I just want to make sure. Let us know what you think. What did you think of the season two premiere? Let us know on Facebook or Twitter. Tune in next week. Same Geek Time. Same Geek Podcast for all new, all different material. Thanks for listening. And hey... Keep on geeking out.